Hello folks and welcome to my review of the 7th of May 2018 edition of Monday Night Raw. I'm feeling in a much more positive frame of mind than I was for yesterday's Backlash review. I feel like we reached the nadir yesterday. The only way was up and I mean it wasn't a great episode of Raw by any stretch of the imagination but... It was a definite improvement on Backlash the night before. Let's face it, it would have been hard not to be an improvement on Backlash from the night before. But there were a few indications that they might finally be starting to pay attention to some of the major, major issues that we had with Backlash, which is... Always a good thing. As ever, if you're watching live on YouTube, I would appreciate if you kick things off by dropping a nice big thumbs up on there to show me that you're enjoying the stream. If you are watching on the video on demand, same thing. If you're over on iTunes listening to the podcast, a five-star rating and a review would go down really rather nicely. All of those things go a long, long way to helping grow the channel, grow the podcast and do lots of cool, awesome things with it going forward. So, Raw. Now, the, the raw results on the WWE website, they're, they're long. There's a lot of stuff that was on this episode of Monday Night Raw. And thinking back to how, I mean, I've kind of watched it in fits and starts over the course of the morning whilst recording other videos around it. And uh, so it took me sort of five hours to get through. It didn't feel like a five-hour slog. Comparing it, to, comparing it to Backlash, which felt like hard work watching it, it kind of, it passed relatively easily i was kind of enjoying myself watching it looking at the results on here i don't really know why there wasn't there's not much in the way of standout stuff but obviously then it was a step up from what we had the night before which is always an improvement so we kicked things off with the announcement that it was money in the bank season apparently that's a season now i thought we were still in wrestlemania season or just off the back of wrestlemania season but we're already starting off with money in the bank qualifying matches six weeks out from the pay-per-view they told us that we were going to be having two matches one men's one women's each one's going to have eight people in it four from each brand which means it's going to especially in a world where you don't really have your your universal champion turning up ever for Monday Night Raw, you're kind of going to have to put your four top guys in it, presumably. Um, I've heard on the Grapevine, and by Grapevine I mean um, the Wrestling Observer podcast, I think it was somewhere, that Brock Lesnar's not booked for Money in the Bank, so there's there's not going to be a universal title defence at Money in the Bank, and looking real far forward towards Money in the Bank, I don't see how you have a Raw winner of it at all, because when are they going to challenge for Brock? So I guess I guess we have a Raw woman win and a SmackDown man win. There you go. That's Kev's real early Money in the Bank prediction. But let's have a look at the show. So we, the first match was the Braun Strowman Kevin Owens match where it started off with it started off with Kurt Angle in the ring. I think Braun Strowman came out and told his really weird story about pushing down a tree when he was a child. Sounds legit. Um, then Kevin Owens came out, rightfully pointing out the fact that. They were there was an injustice the night before at the pay per view and the wrong man was pinned in their match. Um, he's talking about how he deserves a shot at the Money in the Bank, which feels reasonable. I'm fairly sure I'd have to get my fact checkers down in the comments to look into it for me. But Kevin Owens never got a rematch for the Universal Title, so of everybody in the entire company, I would argue he deserves at the very least a pass straight into Money in the Bank. Um, really, he's owed a rematch and he should be waving that contract around constantly. That's what I'd be doing. Um, but we got the fairly predictable outcome of these two being the ones out out there of having Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens, which I think is 
purely because they've realised Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman together is gold. Because Kevin Owens sells that standing around at ringside while Strowman runs through him spot better than anyone else in the company could. I think they're going to look for any opportunity over the next few weeks to get these two together just so you can see Kevin Owens take that bump again and again and again and again because it's amazing the way he takes that bump. Um, It's like The Rock taking a stunner. Um, It's a shame to see Owens losing, but they're teasing... They're teasing the breakup of Owens and Zayn and they're teasing that Sami Zayn's going to be the heel off the back of that breakup. So maybe we have a Kevin Owens babyface turn in the near future and that's why they're not going to put either of those two in the Money in the Bank match because they might be wrestling each other at Money in the Bank. And let's face it, we've never seen Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn wrestle each other before. To be fair, we've never seen them have a bad match and we've also never seen them, at least in WWE, as a, a babyface Kevin Owens versus a heel Sami Zayn. So I, I can I can get on board with seeing that match yet again. Um, Nitro's saying in the chat that he's bored of seeing Owens Zayn. Yeah, but if having them with the dynamics changed, I can, I can enjoy that. Uh, Ben's saying nobody's got a rematch for the Universal title yet. I guess that's a good point. Um Obviously, Finn Balor had to give up the title, never got a match when he came back fit again. Seth Rollins didn't get a rematch for losing it to Balor in that first match. And then Owens didn't get a rematch. Goldberg didn't get a rematch. And Brock never lost it. So there's, apparently, the Universal title doesn't have rematch clauses attached to it. So, hmm. Jack makes a good point in the chat that, yes, although we've seen Owens versus Zane 3,000 times, as Nitro said, they have had 3,000 good matches in that time. So, yeah, I'm on board with that. I could watch Sammy, Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens wrestle each other like once a month for the rest of my life. That that works for me. I can live with that. Um, but we do get Braun Strowman qualifying for the Money in the Bank ladder match, which how does he not win that? I mean, we've already seen him have be robbed of an elimination chamber. Um, we've seen him win a greatest Royal Rumble, surely, no matter who else goes into that match. And we found out someone else later in the show. But surely Braun Strowman wins that match this time, unless you're going to have seven people just gang up on Braun Strowman. Which I guess they have to do, because again, what is the point of having Braun Strowman with a Money in the Bank briefcase? Because all that means is he wins the title the next time he sees Brock Lesnar. Because he'll just throw a set at him and then pin him. Um, <laughs> then we got Baron Corbin. Um, teaming, I mean, it was basically Baron Corbin hanging out with all the jobbers thinking, why did I come here from SmackDown? The last SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, I was in a WWE title match in the main event. Now I'm teaming with the Jobber Brothers against No Way Jose and two other jobbers. Can, can, can I go back to SmackDown now, please? Have they noticed I'm one of the only heels on this brand? Why on earth am I in this program? At least he got the pin, but... Goodness me, if you've got plans for Baron Corbin, get him away from these numbskulls immediately. And if you don't have plans for him, send him back to SmackDown, where at least they kind of did have a plan for him. And there would still be a spot for him on SmackDown, because it's not like he was replaced. And then we had our first qualifier for a Money in the Bank match. It was for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Ember Moon versus Sasha Banks versus Ruby Riot. Ember Moon picking up the win. Did she do a double eclipse at the end on both of them? It looked a bit sloppy, but I'm absolutely on board with Ember Moon um, getting into the Money in the Bank match. I think Ember Moon is awesome. Her finisher is awesome. I guess... 
I guess there's other plans storyline wise with the whole Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ruby Riot, Riot Squad thing, which seems to have been your sort of B story in the women's division on Raw since WrestleMania, since the Riot Squad moved over there. So I guess if you're having, certainly in the women's division, if you're just having the one ladder match, then maybe you need to fill out the card with some other stuff. I guess you'd have two women's titles matches, so perhaps they don't need a fourth women's match on the card. But I imagine there's going to be something going on with those guys. And I guess you're going to have to have some kind of second chance entry to it because if there's four spots for the Raw women and we've now eliminated two of your top women in the shape of Sasha Banks, Ruby Riot, um, who on earth is the women's champion on Raw? Nia Jax, so she's not in. Um, so I guess who's going to be your other three? Alexa Bliss, I guess, goes into the mix. Is there going to be a women's title match or do the champions get a night off? If so, who's going to be the challenger for Nia? Um, maybe Ruby Riot slots in there and then you have Sasha Banks and Bailey get in through second chance matches or I don't know. Who else is there in the Raw with Mickey James, I guess, but she's going to be working with Ronda Rousey, I think. Is Ronda going to be in the Money in the Bank match? That would be surprising. I don't really know who else makes up this match. If you've already chucked away two of your top stars but then as we saw with the elimination chamber before wrestlemania losing a match for a qualifier doesn't mean you're not in the match because there's a second chance one anyway so finn balor lost and then made his way back in seth rollins never had a qualifier match and still made his way in because he was in the second chance thing even though it was his first chance so with six weeks to go there's still plenty of time to get other people in the match and uh, i certainly wouldn't be at all surprised if sasha banks was among them because if you're going to have a pay-per-view, an eight-woman match on a pay-per-view, you want Sasha Banks to be part of that. She is, by any calculation, one of your top eight women in the company. She's one of your top three, probably. So you don't eliminate her at this stage and keep her off the pay-per-view entirely. That's just crazy talk. Um, yeah, like, like, um, Jack's saying he doesn't know how long Alexa Bliss is going to be off TV for. Alexa Bliss is going to be in Money in the Bank. She even did one of the mobile phone promos. I am pretty sure Alexa Bliss goes into Money in the Bank. I know they talked about an injury. I'm doing air quotes for podcast listeners on Backlash the night before. I don't think they're going to put much put much weight on that. I think she's going to be absolutely she's going to be part of Money in the Bank. If not in a women's title match again, I guess she can't get another one. Surely. But they've got to give Nia Jax something to do. Um, <laughs> and then this Bobby Lashley segment. Now, one of my big complaints over the last few weeks has been the fact that they're trying to get us to care about Bobby Lashley without giving us any reason to care about Bobby Lashley. I like the fact they're trying. I like the fact they've identified an area of weakness and they've tried to fix it. But on what planet... Did that video package and sit-down interview that Bobby Lashley gave to Renee Young, on what planet did that make anyone care about him as a wrestler? We know that he got left in the woods tied up by his sisters when he was a kid, but ho-ho, they're great, I love them. We know that his sister likes towels and one of the other one likes a broom. Sounds like he grew up in a Disney film and then eventually had a had a wicked witch come and turn him into a big brute of a monster and give him muscles so he could fight off his evil stepsisters but no this moral of the tale was my sisters gave me hell growing up but they're great please cheer for me please please cheer for me um what was it about 
it seemed to start quite well. It gave a video package, starting to tell his story. But then when you have a 10-year gap while he's in TNA, I mean, they said TNA on telly the other week. Coach's word of the hour in the third hour was impact, for goodness sake. And you're not going to acknowledge the fact that he he is a meaningful wrestler who has been doing things during his 10 years where he's not just been doing bench presses like he looks like he has. He He has been wrestling. You know, for that same company that AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in. Why can't they just use the same line they use with those where he's been a champion all around the world? I know he's, I mean, he's just been in TNA as far as I'm aware. So he's been a champion all across Florida. But for goodness sake, don't give your casual fans the impression that this guy was bullied by his sisters had like a year in WWE, but we can't talk about his main storyline because it involves Donald Trump and that's too controversial. So we'll just show you that he won the ECW title. Remember when we brought ECW back? That was a disaster, wasn't it? He was the face of that brand. Then he sat in a chair for 10 years and here he is. He loves his sisters. Let's cheer Bobby Lashley. No? Nobody? Obviously. Um, what's the chat got to say about that? Ben says, I mean, TNA footage was shown on table of three after Raw and W. Well, there he goes. They're using TNA footage. Jack says he's been sat in a dark room for 10 years waiting to be freed by the God himself, Vince McMahon. Yeah, obviously. But I mean, if the purpose of this segment was to get us to care about him, which presumably it was, it didn't work. Not even a little bit. Didn't work at all. We then had Jinder Mahal just tear Chad Gable apart. Um, Chad Gable, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. It's, it's a very similar situation to Baron Corbin where it looked like he was going somewhere on SmackDown. So they've brought him over to Raw to die because he's just, if you're getting smashed to hell by Jinder Mahal and they're making a point of the fact that you're, you, you're light and small enough to fit in the cruiserweight division that doesn't even get on Raw anymore. What, what, what are you for? Chad Gable's just come over to be a jobber and do stuff like this. Um, so Jinder Mahal beat him and then it beat him down after the match as well. And I guess we're building up Jinder Mahal. After talking about on this episode of Raw, Kurt Angle says to him, yeah, you've not won since you've been here. We've now built him up for his Roman Reigns feud by having him beat jobber Chad Gable. Amazing. Um... Dolph Ziggler and Drew, Mac- Drew McIntyre defeated Heath Slater and Rhino. Yeah, the more the longer the Drew McIntyre Dolph Ziggler thing goes on, the more I'm okay with it. They are they do work well together. They they look impressive as a team. I'm slowly coming around to the idea. I still hate Dolph Ziggler's stupid record scratch gimmick thing. Um, it makes slightly more sense now. It's a transition from McIntyre's music to his, but it's still. He's, they don't understand what the record scratch means and it frustrates me massively. Um, I'm fine with them winning here. I'm fine with them being the, the first proper challengers to to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. I'll be fine with them winning the titles from them. I think they, they look good as long as they just get the whole of this tag team nonsense out of the way by, I don't know, SummerSlam, Survivor Series at the latest, and then have Ziggler turn on McIntyre McIntyre win the feud, McIntyre moves into the main event picture, everyone's happy. Or vice versa, McIntyre turn on Ziggler. I don't really care who turns on who. I don't want to see Dolph Ziggler as a babyface again, but at the same time, I don't like him as a heel either. But Drew McIntyre is ace. Um, As Ben says, just don't care about Dolph Ziggler. Nobody cares about Dolph Ziggler, but Drew McIntyre is brilliant, and I'm happy to see him carrying a tag team. 
that's fine for me. Bobby Roode's miraculous recovery continues after having his sternum crushed or his neck snapped or whatever supposedly happened to him on Raw last week, but recovering enough to dance at Backlash the night before. He's now come back and got his win back. So for all of the build they've been doing for Elias over the last several months, building Elias up to be a credible main event guy, um, he's now lost to the to the chap who was dancing with No Way Jose the night before. Um, remember my comments about No Way Jose and his buddies from the Baron Corbin segment earlier tonight? Bobby Roode goes straight into that category. He's another one who should have just stayed on SmackDown. And uh, now Elias has lost to him. So there's there's Elias's momentum gone as well. I mean, both this, this feud just screams double turn. They won't do it because they never turn people when I say they should. But Bobby Roode is another one nobody cares about. He's a much better heel than a face. Make him a heel. Elias has to work really hard to get himself booed every week because he comes out and initially is cheered. He does the whole Walk of Elias thing. And then he has to do the whole insulting the local sports team and calling everyone scum or whatever he does to get the heat. But then they forget about that and they cheer him again by the end of his segments. People like Elias. I like Elias. But apparently he has to be a heel because he's a heel and Bobby Roode has to be a face because he's a face. And we can't change just because that's what the fan want, fans want. Because if we change according to what the fans want, we're setting a precedent that we have to follow through with Roman Reigns. What? We didn't do that with Braun Strowman. Shut up. You turned him face because the fans cheered. It's just so inconsistent with how they make these decisions. Um, I now owe a public apology to Mojo Rawley because... I admit I've never seen any of these promos that he does on social media and had written him off as just that annoying guy out of the hype bros. But now I've seen him cut a promo. He's good talker. He is a properly good talker. And he had a decent match. I was quite impressed with him. I was more. He looked like more of a big deal than Baron Corbin. He looked like more of a big deal than Chad Gable. He looked like more of a big deal than Elias or Bobby Roode. He, I mean, he was—he looked like one of your your main guys on the show. They're building Seth Rollins up to be, presumably, your top guy. They keep talking about him being the best in the world right now, despite the fact that he's intercontinental champion. <coughs> Why do I always lose the ability to speak during this? Um, but Mojo Rawley, I was quite impressed with. Jack saying Mojo like one of my tweets on the podcast Twitter last night. He's now my favourite. There you go. No, I thought I was really impressed with Mojo Rawley. I could happily see him in a program with Seth for a couple of weeks. Um, ben says his line about Zack Ryder was amazing. And to be honest, the IC title might be the top title on Raw now. I mean, it is for as long as Brock Lesnar's Universal Champion. The Intercontinental title is the title that we see on Raw. But Mojo Rawley, yeah, the line about Zack Ryder. That so many of the promos last night were awful because they were so heavily scripted. I don't think anyone in WWE is smart enough to have scripted that comeback from Mojo Rawley. I think that is off the cuff because he's capable of thinking for himself and doing a decent promo. So Mojo Rawley immediately has leapt up massively in my estimation. Give him the microphone on live TV more often. Let people see that he actually knows what he's doing with it. Don't hide it away in the third hour that nobody watches. And uh, I bet that clip hasn't made it to YouTube, which is a real shame. Jack saying Seth is MVP on Raw automatically makes IC title the main title in my eyes. Yeah, I can, I can get on board with all of that. I would, I would genuinely be looking for ways to take the IC title off of him and position him to, to be the guy who, um, 
who beats Brock Lesnar. I can't think of anyone who would be a better fit for Universal Champion at the moment. There must be a way to take the Intercontinental title off of him without making him look weak. They did it with Roman Reigns um, earlier in the year. There's there's ways and means to have him drop the title and and slot into being that next challenger for Brock. You don't need to have him win the money in the bank because I think it's going to be a Smackdown guy who does that and then you I mean you if you have to do it at SummerSlam do it at SummerSlam but put the title on Seth and then go into the second half of the year with Seth versus Braun Strowman as your big program take that all the way through through to Survivor Series meanwhile give Roman Reigns a haircut and a, a handlebar moustache and a new name um, and bring him back and try again with I don't know Broman Brains the uh, the mustachioed bald man who wears a monocle and see if you can get him over if we don't realise who he is, but eh, I'm 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 pretty comfortable with it. Um, Jack says put it on Finn, put the universe on Seth. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, Tomo says we're considering the other title is held by someone who never shows up. The one which is actually defended is automatically the main title. Yeah, so saying the intercontinental title is more important than the universal title. I can agree with that. Um, Kangar is saying two small guys as title holders, two faces. Yeah, I can get on board with that. And I don't know that AJ Styles is still going to be your champion around about the time Seth wins the Universal title. If we're talking about that happening at SummerSlam, AJ's not holding the title through to SummerSlam, presumably. They've, at the next opportunity, Nakamura has to win the WWE title. Surely. Or else what is this nonsense of a feud all about? Um, and as Jack says, there isn't any credible heels on Raw, so they can't hold a title. Oh, we talk about universal title and intercontinental title. Um, yeah, I mean, basically the only guys who are any good in the company are the little faces. Not the ones with little faces, the little baby face wrestlers. They There aren't any heels. The only, heel, the only good heels that they've got, they either feed to Roman or they end up turning face, like they did with Braun Strowman, who was a cracking heel. Like it looks like they're doing with Kevin Owens, who is a cracking heel. <laughs> Kanga's saying Jinder as a heel. Jinder is going to be the baby face of his feud with Roman Reigns. It was arguably the biggest cheer of the night when Jinder Mahal interfered in the main event on Roman Reigns. Uh, ben says the IC Open Challenge needs to stay open until Dean Ambrose answers it to start their feud. I can live without seeing another Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins feud. Um... Yeah, I can I can absolutely I don't need to see that anytime soon. I'm not a massive fan of Dean Ambrose. Of of the three Shield guys, I'd happily not see any more of Dean Ambrose. And I know that's because we haven't seen him as a proper heel as a single, and he'll probably be great at it. But I prefer Roman and Seth to Dean Ambrose. The Dean Ambrose character we've had for the last three years has been awful. Uh, we then had the tag team champions Woken, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt defeating Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. It was just a bog-standard TV tag team title match. Uh, I don't know what their plan is with Axel and Dallas. They even, I think, did they, was it on commentary they said, just have them join the, the Deleters of Worlds. You know what? That's probably the best idea anyone's had for them. Just make that a faction. Get, get them two in there. You can't do worse than just having them flat. We don't need... Slater and Rhino and Axel and Dallas both on the same brand doing nothing especially as it seems like from the mobile phone promo we got are they actually treating the Ascension a little bit more seriously than they were treated on Smackdown they gave a proper promo rather than a, a comedy promo that it looks like they've gone back to being scary heels which is awesome 
but we don't need to then fill them fill their gap with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. It's just just pointless. Um, Bray only hit his brother once. Poor show. Well, they at least they acknowledged on TV that they are brothers. They don't hit that very often, do they? Um, yeah, as Ben's saying, with Michael Cole saying no brotherly love. Yeah, they're actually acknowledging that. So perhaps they are going to get them too involved in. I don't know. I could. I can't build a new Wyatt family, but with Senior Benjamin and Vanguard One, and then I'll be happy. And then we finish things off with the main event, the final qualifier of the night for the Money in the Bank men's ladder match: Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. And goodness me, was Roman Reigns booed? At least he wasn't ignored this time, but he was massively booed. And uh, we had Balor and Zayn gang up on him, and, and then both do their finishes off finishes on him out on the floor. But of course, Superman himself comes back to Superman punch people after having a coup de gras on the floor from. I don't. Did Finn jump from a higher height than normal, or was it just from the barricade? I couldn't really tell from the camera angle, which I guess means quite good camera work because it looked worse than it was. But I guess it was just a normal kind of coup de gras. But. At least, at least we had Roman not win. Presumably, he now goes into this feud with Jinder Mahal for a little while. I don't know if, I don't know if that's going to last six weeks and gets all the way through to the Money in the Bank pay per view, so Roman and Jinder can main event a pay per view. I mean, imagine, just imagine, the the internet's reaction if Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal with no title on the line headlines the Money in the Bank pay per view. I almost want it to happen just for the sheer spite and vitriol that will come out of the internet. Um, but at least Roman didn't win, so they've, they're trying not to push him down our throats constantly. He'll probably find his way in through some kind of second chance thing. They'll say, because Jinder interfered to stop you from winning, we'll now do a qualifying match, Jinder versus Roman, and that's how Roman makes it into the match. And we were all excited at the moment because Roman didn't win, but now we'll just beat Jinder next week and find his way into the match anyway. At least Finn Balor's in the match, and Finn Balor in a ladder match is always going to be a good thing. Interestingly, that both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens haven't made it into the match, so I guess that means they're going to push go on those two having a feud now, if neither of them are making it into the match, unless they're becoming a tag team. But the tag division seems to be taking shape with with McIntyre and Ziggler as the team that are going to take on the champions, and you don't put two main eventers like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the tag division if they're not going to win the titles fairly soon, and they don't seem very high up the queue to me, and they're show, sowing the seeds of dissent, so I guess those two are going to feud, which, like I said before, I'm absolutely fine with. Fine with. Um, so let's just see where we got to in the chat with people's views on that. Ben's saying it says a lot that WWE are trying to find an excuse for Roman to lose a triple threat match that he isn't even pinned in. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Jim Bula says, did you notice Roman's entrance was very quiet? Did they turn off the mics? I don't know. I know it's a lot of booing. Um, but Jack's saying, yeah, they muted it straight away. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I didn't notice as much booing as I thought. I thought there was really loud booing, but unless we were watching in different places maybe um ben saying not even austin was protected this much austin didn't need protecting because he was awesome um i would put it more in line with early rock but they got out of that by turning him heel or john cena who john cena is their argument for why they never need to turn him heel because he still sells lots of merch and it, it always comes down to that. John Cena was booed for 10 years and sold more merch than anybody. Roman Reigns is supposedly in the top three for merch. So as long as he's making the company money, shifting T-shirts and them silly little gloves that he wears, then 
they don't care if he's booed at live events. He's making them money. They don't need to sell pay-per-views anymore. They don't need to sell live event tickets anymore. All they need to sell now are TV deals to TV companies. And Roman Reigns is a handsome man who they can show statistics for for how much he meets their key demographic and sells merch. To look at the reactions he gets. Um, so that that's one thing. The only other thing they need to worry about is flogging merch. And he does that. So as far as they're concerned, he does everything they need. They don't need a good product. This is what we were talking about yesterday. They don't need a good wrestling product to make money and flourish as a company they need to convince tv networks they have a good product and they need to convince mugs like us to pay monthly for the wwe network and rely on kids buying roman reigns figures he meets all meets all those criteria um jack says maybe it was just me booing it could have just been me booing ben says i mean i automatically hear booing whenever i hear whenever i see roman so yeah it could be that anyway we are going to end things there because i've gone on a bit again i've gone off on one this was supposed to be more positive i look forward to smackdown tonight i know there have been some matches announced i didn't have time to look at them before i went live so um i'll act surprised tomorrow when we're back at sort of this time again to do the smackdown review and uh, if you have enjoyed this and you're watching on youtube please make sure you leave a nice big thumbs up on there for me if you're over on itunes a five star rating and a review would be marvelous and i shall see you all tomorrow for my smackdown review toodle pip everybody